I think if you like compare the generation that we're in right now, especially post COVID versus like maybe people who are doing accounting 10 or 15 years ago, the, the maneuverability and the ability to, to join a new firm or pick a new firm or just use tools that you like or pick a firm that focuses on your, the client base you want to learn about or specialize in. It's, it's incredible. It's like probably a hundred X improvement, you know? And so I feel like we're unlocking all these really smart people. If you'd like to earn CPE credit for listening to this episode, visit earmarkcpe.com. Download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. Continuing education has never been so easy. And now, on to the episode. Scott Oren. It's great to talk to you. What's up, buddy? How you doing? It's been too long. I was trying to think, trying to remember, how did we meet? Was it a ZeroCon thing? We met at ExpensifyCon something in Hawaii about seven years ago. What a Um, great... And what a great connection that was. I was super impressed. Didn't you go to business? Didn't you go to Northwestern too or something like that? Like, didn't you have did. that? Yeah. So yes. I went to there for MBA. Oh yeah. Kellogg. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, you, got, you, you were a young, young person who was kicking ass. I was, I'm, I say that as I'm significantly <laughs> older than you, I think, uh, but not, you were, you were actually way more successful than I was at a young age. And I remember I was like, you built this whole practice out of college. It was pretty amazing. Um, well, and you were one of the first zero people, right? And then you kind of parlayed that into yes. quite a bit of success. And then, then you started well, working, you started going into tech companies and which always, you always were very good at picking the tech companies you worked for, which I was always impressed with. So I'm a, we do talk, but I'm a, an admirer of, of your oh. career choices. Well, and the admiration is mutual, Scott. I have been following your firm, Cruise Consulting, for a long time. You specialize in technology startups. You're in the heart of San Francisco. You know, building a firm that's serving the subscription economy, which I, I love. I'm very excited about. And I don't know, it's been fun watching your growth. I think when I first met you, maybe you had like a dozen people. And now, where 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 is Cruise at? I mean, we are count isn't everything, but yeah, we're about 135 is. people. Are you kidding me? I th- no, it was dude. like 30 or 40 a few years ago. Yeah. When we recorded the, we recorded one of the early cl- uh, cloud accounting podcasts. That was like one yeah. of your, I, I think I was like a early 10 episode guest. And yeah. um, I vividly remember sitting in our office in San Francisco. We had about 15 people and uh, yeah, man, we're, we've grown a lot. We have 650. It's actually more than that, but 650 is the approved number right now. Uh, venture capital backed clients. We've, our clients raised $6 billion. Um, wow. Yeah. We've gotten pretty big. It's been um, 135 people. Yeah. yeah. 660 venture backed companies that are clients of yours and $6 billion in capital yeah. bet- among them. Wow. That is amazing. Yeah. Thanks. It's, I mean, first of all, my, my wife and founder of the company, Vanessa Cruz, deserves a lot of credit. And then we just, the team deserves a lot of credit. We are, we're very, we have just amazing people that work at Cruz and we're very fortunate. And I don't know, man, I, I love it's everyone listening to this podcast knows accounting is hard, especially, and then the pro- professional services aspect of it is hard, but it's, it's been fun. Like I, and I, you know, it's, I've learned so much and matured so much. I was just talking to our VP of uh, tax today of like giving him an example of how I've matured 
and become a better person <laughs> through this whole journey. So it's good. It's been good all around. Well, I hope you don't mature too much, Scott, because one of the things I've always liked about you as a firm leader is that you aren't the stuffy wearing the suit kind of guy. And uh, like that is, I don't know, it's, it's, it's different. And I feel like I haven't worked at Cruise, but it must be a fun work environment. I've been to the office and that was certainly great when we recorded an episode for your podcast. You have your own podcast. And actually That's you right. were, I think you might've done, started that before I did mine. So you were a leader in that. Yeah, regard. thanks. I think I've what, done 200 and something episodes, uh, founders and friends podcast, or just type in cruise podcast, K-R-U-Z-E. But, um, yeah, I learned, I did invest in banking early in my career, Hamburg Quest, JP Morgan. And I kind of learned like the first year, first couple of years I did it, I tried to have like the personality of like maybe some of the stuffier people because I didn't really know how to how to act at work because I was 22 years old. And then I realized that if you kind of just become who you are and you're, you let your personal persona be your work persona, as long as you're professional and everything like that, mm-hmm. it actually like really works and you just have more fun at work and you're not pretending to be someone you're not. And um yeah. And I just, I think also we've done like a bunch of personality stuff and we, we use it pretty actively during our hiring. And I learned a lot about myself using this tool called predictive index. And I learned that, um, I'm a, a helper kind of person. I really enjoy helping people. It's not, it's actually not a coincidence that I work in professional service. Cause I actually really, I yeah. get way more joy out of helping people then those little, you know, the, the problematic clients or problematic situations take me down. So that's pretty key. And then at cruise, yeah, we try to have a very, like we're very culture focused. We have seven core values. You know, we want to make sure it's a great place to work. We want to make sure that people are growing and, and if they leave cruise, they're going to go somewhere awesome and get amazing experience. I think probably, the, one of the kind of secret advantages we have is we work with really exciting clients and we also hire remotely. So we're, we hire throughout because it's funny you said we're in San Francisco, but we, yeah. we actually don't have an office in San Francisco anymore. We oh, you got rid of that. Yeah. Cause when oh. COVID hit, we, we started hiring remotely like four and a half years ago in, in the United States. And what we found was um, we could just, we could just find really amazing accountants who because of geography, were not able to work with the best companies. They were kind of stuck working with like, not cool companies or clients that treated them poorly or things like that. And so we kind of opened this window for a lot of people. And now you can work with the best venture back startups in the world and do it from wherever you live. And mm-hmm. that was, that's pretty big. So COVID accelerated that for a lot of firms. And I, it's, it's a little bittersweet because I think we probably have a little bit more competition hiring wise these days, but I think it's a overall, a really good trend for the industry and for people's happiness and for people's experience levels. Oh, and I, it's, it's I awesome. could not agree more. Yeah. I, yeah. It's a, I mean, it's, I, I'm an example of that, right? I, I relocated in the pandemic from LA. I was living in the city of Los Angeles and, uh, you know, could barely, barely afford to live the middle-class lifestyle there. And I move out to Phoenix into Arizona. And I, I just am so much more comfortable, so much less stress, less stress financially, everything's just easier, probably more yeah. space. Your kids yeah. probably happier. Like, Oh yeah, that happened. We were, so we actually moved to the East Bay, uh, in the suburbs outside of San Francisco, Vanessa and I, but actually we have one, two people in San Francisco for the whole company now, mm-hmm. but it's, it's exactly that. And it, we had, we were stressed financially, you know, living in San Francisco yeah. is really expensive. And then 
now our life is just like my daughter is, you know, has plenty of space and tons of kids around her and things like that, yeah. you know? So yeah, I'm, I'm a huge, and we couldn't have done that without being a completely remote company. And I, I remember I used to get asked, we used to have like a couple of competitors who would sell against us and say, well, they're remote. They're, they're not in your office. And we would be like, listen, startup founder, you don't, you don't really want us in your office. Like it's a giant waste of time. You usually ignore us. We usually yeah. sit in an office that no yeah. one, and no one walks by and asks us questions or talk to us. And you're usually having to reschedule because you had some other urgent thing. It's like a total waste of time everywhere around. Yeah. Let's, let's be honest about this. We're not adding to the culture in your office. If we sit there, right? We're like just doing work, we're, we're doing, doing work that we could be doing yeah. in our own home, Yeah, you know, and talking to you at a more convenient time. And so they about 19 out of 20 understood that. And one out of 20 would, you know, get all worked mm-hmm. up and not want to work with us. And we'd be like, okay. And then now I've, I haven't been asked about that since literally probably since COVID started. It was, it's so, so and probably kind of, never know, people again. woke up, you know? Yeah. Well, so that's great. So you relocated. Did any of your team relocate? Oh, totally. We, yeah. we, um, I think when COVID hit, we still had like 12 or 14 people in San Francisco and every single person in San Francisco moved out of San Francisco, except for Vanessa and I, um, <laughs> and went And by the way, I am so jealous. Um, this is another advantage of, of the working remotely. We had people move to low tax States. We had people go yeah. live with their in-law the, you know, their, their family or in-laws. We had people, a lot of people doing these like nationwide kind of one month in Montana, one month in Wyoming, one month in Texas, like that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then we also had people traveling South America and Europe doing the same kind of one month, two month thing. And our policy is if you're, if you're working us, you know, us business hours, totally fine. And you have good internet, you know, internet access and you're available for clients. It's totally fine. And so I'm, 45 years old, but if this, I mean, I would have totally been one of those people in my twenties or thirties before I had a, uh, had a child that would have done that. And yeah. I mean, Sign I me feel, up. yeah, I feel like everyone's, there's been a ton of tragedy and a ton of challenges, men, you know, mental, physical challenges with COVID. But I do think one of the silver linings is this freedom and life experience that people are able to get now. And so I'm, yeah. I'm jealous and I do my one-on-ones with people Last night we had a very sophisticated tax problem and the client manager is in Italy and he's in Genoa and he's going to Rome next week, you know, and all we talked about was carbonara for five minutes, you know, and now I'm hungry. Yeah. So like, that's the kind of thing that is just the world's becoming a better place in that way. And, um, yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm jealous, man. Well, for me personally, I mentioned the financial thing and what that means to me is my wife and I both work. In LA, we had to both work in order to afford the lifestyle that we wanted. But here, we only need one salary oh, to live nice. a similar lifestyle. It's it's almost half as expen half as as much based on where we were, and so that just gives us the flexibility, the freedom to do what we want to do and not worry about oh, if I lose my job, what are we going to do, right? Well, so, you're an entrepreneur. Like this whole earmark endeavor. I remember talking to you a year ago. I think I think it was like a year ago, right? Or yeah. maybe six months ago. It, it was almost one year ago when this thing. Yeah. Was a little. Yeah. This thing launched. Because yeah. I remember talking about it when I was in the summertime um, mm-hmm. in Tahoe. And uh, dude, you couldn't take this 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 uh, shot. I mean, I still remember 
Vanessa and I got, we were so stressed out because we basically, I quit my job and joined her. We paid ourselves $25,000 a year for the first two years of, of like when we were both working together at cruise and we were like as broke as broke could be, you know? Yeah. And I will, that it's actually kind of a negative and that stress is like imprinted on me. Luckily we built like company's profitable. We've always been profitable. Yeah. But you had years, so years of struggle. Yeah. So, so I really respect like the leap you took and I think it's like smart. You're probably not having a, that many sleepless nights with the the way you've constructed your financial life with your so wife, com- you know? Yeah. Great. So, so compared to the way that I started my first business in LA, the stress that I had of, you know, I would reconcile my, my zero file every day to make sure I had cash for the next day. You know, that's how close I was to the edge. Whereas here, it's a completely different situation. Obviously, I'm further along in my career. I have more reserves built up, right? But I don't, I don't stress about the company going out of business because I, I, I don't have to take a lot out of it. Yeah, right. Yeah. I don't have to take anything out of it in order for us to thrive here. So. And you can, and you can make uh, one thing. I always tell founders, like you know, we do a lot of salary studies and things like that for venture back startup founders. And we always want them to be paid appropriately because we find that like they they make they start making bad decisions. Yes. If they have too much personal financial stress. And actually the venture capital community has really come around to this. Like I they mean, now real it used to be like, I want you to sweat it out and grind it out. And now they kind of realize that like letting them have some fi- it's not even financial security. It's just like a a fair wage. Not starving. You know? Not, yeah. Not, it really yeah. helps. You actually reminded me of a funny story that I think I'm allowed to talk about now, which is okay. about seven years ago, I was still learning Expensify. And I ran like we had let our expenses build up. And we had like almost no money in the bank account. And I accidentally ran all the expense reimbursements. Uh, not just like the one report I was supposed to run. And there was like a two day period where all the money in our bank account <laughs> had disappeared um, because it had to basically run it and then reimburse us personally kind of thing. And, oh, uh, gosh. and I remember that was maybe the two, two of the toughest days of my life, but luckily God bless Expensify. It came through in time and payroll was met and we were in good shape. And so expen- we're very far away from those days. Now we have a CFO, a controller, a staff accountant. We have yes. all these internal resources that manage all that stuff. So I don't click the wrong button in Expensify <laughs> anymore. Well, we've talked up the benefits of working remotely. We are both sold on this. I think a lot of people are sold on this idea. This is really exciting that we can do this as accountants. Now we can run firms like this. It stimulates the economy because we can take more risks. People can jump out jump out of where they're at because they don't feel like they are stuck to earn a paycheck anymore. So it's causing a lot of churn in accounting firms, right? It's causing a lot of people to move around. They're leaving the big four, going to smaller firms, moving from one firm to another. The competition is really heated up. And in, in many ways, it is an employee's job market right now. If you are an accountant with a brain, you can probably go in and get a job almost anywhere. Well, I should ask you that, Scott, because you're 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 hiring. You, you're big enough where you've got people leaving and coming and going all the time. How, what's the job market in accounting look like to yeah. you? Yeah, it's definitely it's a tight market. I'm I don't want to I don't want to seem like I'm like the uh, like on my high horse or like I think it's good. I think that a lot of people. I think if you like compare the generation that we're in right now, especially post COVID, versus like maybe people who are doing accounting. 
10 or 15 years ago, the, the maneuverability and the ability to, to join a new firm or pick a new firm or just use tools that you like or pick a firm that focuses on your, the client base you want to learn about or specialize in. It's, it's incredible. It's like probably a hundred X improvement, you know? And so I feel like we're unlocking even Vanessa, she joined Deloitte, you know, out of college and she stayed there, I think for two years, but even maybe two years might've been a little too long for her, you know, like not that it is nothing about Deloitte and they invested in her and, but it was like the kind of work she was doing, you know? And, and so I think we're unlocking like all these really smart people. And sometimes like I'll, and I think this maybe applies most to like the millennial or I, I don't, you know, the younger generation, but I am one of these people who like sticks up for that generation because the people that work at cruise, they, they are hardworking. They are super nice. And really what it is, is they're, they kind of don't put up with like the BS of, um, career, just like, uh, uh, climbing the ladder. It's or- not like climbing the ladder. It's like, just, you're going to do this for two years and you're going to like it. Sucking it up. Yeah. Yeah. Sucking it up. Sucking up is the right word. Right. So now we have unlocked all this stuff and everyone has to kind of pay attention to this, especially because you're not locked into working somewhere just because you live somewhere. Right. Like, and so that has all these like positive ramifications. And I think while even us, like we, we, we continue to get better at this stuff. And, and I think the attention we pay to our culture is way bigger than it used to be probably four years ago or five years ago. Right. It's a little bit of self-interest, but I also feel like if you, uh, the lesson we've learned is if you install and nurture a really positive culture, a responsible culture, the company can police itself. The people can police themselves. The people, the people who aren't fitting because maybe they're the old school way or they don't value people's feelings or things like that. They kind of get like pushed out, not in a overt way. It just doesn't feel like the kind of place they want to work anymore. And so I think that's like one of the best things that has happened. And it's kind of like everyone has had to step up their game and you know, everyone can, you can, you can sit around and complain about it and say, it's really hard to hire people or you can do something about it, you know? And we, I think we still have a way to go, but we try to do, we try to make it better, fix it. And the other thing that's interesting with us is our clients, the startup founders, they have the same hiring challenges we have, you know? So they're mm-hmm. like, I mean, they can totally commiserate because they can't hire engineers the way they would like to, you know? And oh, so yeah. everyone in our world is kind of in it together. And so you, we find that they treat our team on for like 99% of the founders we work with treat our team very positively and are nice and are understanding and understand deadlines and, and guidance and things like that. Whereas maybe be, before, or if you're in a different industry, you're just, you just need people just want it yesterday and they don't give you enough time to do the work properly and mm-hmm. they don't care about how you feel, you know, that kind of stuff. So I don't know. I think, I think the industry is getting better and it's going to be, I think it'll also just attract more talent as we go, as it continues to change. Well, I hope so because that's a problem in the accounting profession is that we lose a lot of talent. And I think it's because it's too many hours and it's not enough pay in a lot of these traditional firms. You're asked to work, when you come out of school, you're asked to work at Deloitte. Let's say, let's pick on Deloitte. 
because that's your wife's alma mater. Yeah. I don't want to uh, pick on them, but like, they're it's, all the same. They're yeah, all the same. Like yeah, they have different yeah. logos, but they're all, they all, they all operate under the same traditional model, which is you graduate with an accounting degree, you go there and you grind for 55 to 65 or more hours every week. You fill in a timesheet and you know, the trade-off is the exchanges. You're supposed to learn a lot. You get a lot of exposure to a lot of different kinds of businesses. Sometimes that happens. Sometimes that doesn't. Sometimes you get stuck auditing cash for a year. That's what I'm and, saying. You know, the suck it up, you know, do yeah, this for, it, it's good for you. But also you get the logo, which is helpful, but uh, the logo, yeah. But that's less helpful every year because now we can demonstrate our skills in so many other ways, right? The resume is less important than it ever used to be. So like I haven't, I haven't, my LinkedIn social profile is my resume and not the LinkedIn jobs. It's what I post. For sure. Right. For sure. In many ways. Right. So, so I think that's changing and that's for the better because it forces these firms to get better. Um, but you know what? I don't want to talk about, I don't want to talk about the big four because they, they're their own beast. I want to talk about remote accounting firms, fully remote, like Cruise Consulting. And if I am an accountant who wants one of these jobs, right? How do I, how do I get one at Cruise? And maybe we should start with what do you look for when you're hiring? Yeah, we, it's, it's funny because the Danny Meyer book, um, I'm forgetting the name of it, I think it's called Setting the Table, is one of my kind of, it was a great epiphany for me reading that book. And he has this saying where he looks for 49% technical competence or skill and 51% basically soft skills, um, getting along with people, being a good person, being a good teammate. And I think in the accounting profession, a lot of people are, um, they think like technical skills are what it's all about, right? But for in our world, because we are so client facing, so client forward, and our clients are growing so fast and have fundraising rounds or M&A or just things coming up, and they're oftentimes first time business owners or, or entrepreneurs, Mm-hmm. But they really look to us as like their consigliatory, you know, like, how do I do this? What do you do? That That is actually one of our strengths is like, hey, we've answered this question 50 times and we've, we have 600 clients that are doing, using these types of systems. Here's how you do it. And we're just there for those like crazy rough moments or phone calls that no one can ever predict. And so you have to have this like emotional bandwidth, this emotional ability to connect with people. And so I would say that's why I mentioned predictive index. We actually really focus on that stuff. Um, We can teach you the skills or we can teach you how an app works or how it integrates into QuickBooks or, you know, the proper way to, to do your supporting schedules, things like that. Right. But what we can't really teach is these emotional connections that we hope you make with the clients. And that's really what we're looking for. And that's probably different than the old school way or the being an office way, because the, the, in the office way, maybe the client comes in for a meeting and there's five people in the meeting and you're, you don't even get to talk in that meeting because you're subordinate to someone else in the firm or the, the head partner does all the talking or things like that. Right. We are not like that. We are, we are, it de- we, frankly, we depend on your good judgment. We depend on your skills and we depend on these skills where the senior people are always there to support you and the trainings there to support you. But a lot of times these, these kind of conversations come up 
when you were scheduled to talk about something else, you know? And so just mm-hmm. having some empathy and um, ability to connect emotionally, that's probably the biggest skill we actually look for. How do you evaluate that when you're interviewing candidates? What, like, that's tough to figure it out is, in, a, it is. in a 30 minute Zoom call or yeah. a 15 minute Zoom call. So predictive index is a good tool because it takes a personality, it gives you a personality test. Mm-hmm. Um, and then we we do like a series of of interviews. I think most people do, right? I think it's just we're, I think we're super tuned into it versus not versus it being like a checkbox. It is like a super important thing that we're writing commentary on and lever and things like that, right? So it's just it's just a priority thing. You and said like, lever, yeah. We use lever for to track all of our um, applicant tracking. And so, then we, tell, so it's like an HR information. Yeah, Lever's, Lever's great. Like? There's a couple greenhouse and lever, the two players in that market. Okay. Um, and you could probably tell, like we're very technology forward because our clients are technology forward. And we kind of, we kind of have to up our game constantly, mm-hmm. but those kind of tools will make managing your applicant tracking like so much easier. And you're just more organized during your interview process. That's kind of another thing is like, we're very conscious of the, interactions and making them quality interactions for people that are interviewing at cruise. We, you have to, you can't just like talk about core values and not live them. And people will pick up very quickly if you're not living your core values, especially in the interview process, because it's easy to write a bunch of text and put on your website, but like they will, they will see it. They will pick up on that. And so it's this kind of mutual thing where I think, it's honestly, it's like dating, you know, you, you, you find people who value the same things you do. You, there's these social cues and things where you demonstrate those values and you have to look for the right values. And we, we firmly believe that we can teach people, you know, all the accounting skills they have to come in with. Like we we only hire people with like pretty significant experience, but like we can tell if there's a couple areas we need to teach them something and that's okay. We'd rather, hire someone who's emotionally clued in and connected than someone who has a bunch of skills that just mm-hmm. wants to kind of um, n- not be a participant, you know, who just wants to kind of right. be on their own. So what I'm hearing is if I know my debits and credits well enough, I can get, you know, get my way around a statement of cash flows and reconcile accounts and, you know, I know my KPIs and, you know, like all the the stuff we learn in management accounting in school right? Like it's not, it's not super complex in a lot of times what we're doing for companies really like, you know, so, so you're, you're looking for those basic skills and then experience. Like how much experience does a typical hire have? Yeah. For our accounting managers or or controllers, it's usually like 10 years experience or more Um, Mm -hmm. for the, for the seniors, it's, you know, two, three, four years kind of thing. But it, not all experience is created equal, you know? And so we, we're right. pretty we're pretty good at judging that. And again, if you're – there's some people who come to us who are emotionally cued in and also very comfortable with technology and maybe need a little bit of work on the accounting. And that's those are people we'll take all day long because our practice is so technology-enabled that, like, we really – we can't have the person who's, like, all thumbs on the keyboard and doesn't know how to <laughs> – sync yeah. an app or log into something. We actually did a study. I, I, I think I could share this too, but we actually did a correlation study between people who call the help desk constantly in their first two weeks of working here. And, uh-huh. 
and, and how, how long, long they last. They last. And it's not going to surprise you. There's a there's like a nine point nine nine correlation between wow. someone who can't set up their computer or log into their email account or things like that, and how long they last at cruise. Right. That's it's it's I, what it what it is is it's a proxy for being willing to solve problems. Right. And having some some tolerance for like a a situation that's not clear. Right. Like you have to actually just think your way through something and ask questions. And so if you're the kind of person that can't do that, I, and I, I, we're talking about us a lot, but I think this is probably how, you know, there's a lot of firms out there I really respect who do a good job. And, and sometimes we have a client with a, a personality match. That's not a match for us or something like that. We'll, we refer, we're kind of unusual. Like we want the client to be taken care of, even if there's some type of friction there, you know? Mm -hmm. And so we will refer them to two or three firms that we really respect and like, and those firms know that we, we all talk, you know, and, um, and those firms are kind of the same way. Like you can, the, the, the trade-offs with this independence and being able to live wherever you want and things like that is that you have to kind of up your problem solving game and be willing to deal with some ambiguity. So it's funny because yeah. we're talking about these skills, but these are all soft skills. These are not like the hard skills. So I, I tell people who ask me, I, I've learned how to do a lot of things. I'm kind of a jack of all trades in many ways. I do audio recording. I was a musician. I love technology. I learned QuickBooks on my own, taught myself it, you know, and they're like, how did you, how do you do this? And I say, well, there's this amazing website on the internet. It's called google.com. <laughs> I've and, used that joke before too. Yeah. A long time uh, ago, I learned how to use Google. And every time I have a question, I type in the question and I have learned the syntax for how to search for things. And it's gotten easier over the years because they've made it, you know, stupid easy now to find stuff. And all you got to do is try that first and yeah. try for try for like five minutes to find the answer before you go ask somebody. Yep. And I've actually taught that skill to a few of my employees and they're like, oh yeah, this has changed my life, you know? <laughs> like, Well, there's things I, like Stack Overflow we, or, yeah. you know, there's, I have to say, in, I want to go, I want to make sure we don't over-index too much because you also have to be cognizant of the type of personalities that often go into accounting in the industry. So I'm not looking, for, we're not looking for like Han Solo out there or Princess Leia who are like leading leading the rebellion and fighting Darth Vader on the front lines, right? We are right. looking for men and women who are, who are, who have some, like some component of those skills, but they're also, you know, the steady people and get their stuff done yeah. on time. And so, so we're not, I don't want to people listen to this and, and them to think like, I've got to be this, this person who is on the cutting edge for everything. And no, I'm no. on my own, right? They're, you're not on your own. Because the other cool thing is the way tools have connected us with Zoom and Slack, and we have tons of week meetings and all hands meetings and things like that. We're pretty good at like kind of sussing out issues that need to happen and, and be fixed or s- questions. Just answering people's questions in real time is very powerful. Like that is it's, it's a substitute for the walk into someone's office or walk over to right. their cubicle. And so we have, we use Slack and we have a really robust questions and answers Slack channel. So people, cause that's actually really stressful. Um, if you can't get your questions answered and I actually remember that so when this I, is, yeah, go yeah ahead. this is the, well, this is the biggest challenge of remote in my opinion yeah. is, 
it's the thing about being in an office is you can look over at somebody, see how busy they are, get and then go over and ask them the question. And you can feel that out yeah. just with body language and other cues, right? The door is closed, it's open, all that stuff. With remote, you don't see the person. You don't really know what's going on most of the time. It's hard to sometimes even see their presence as in whether they're in a meeting or not. And so you you might have a question and then you've got to wait hours potentially to get the answer. And that slows everything down and it makes everything harder. Totally. So not only do you have to know how to uh, Google stuff and figure out some of the easy stuff on your own, and maybe like search in Slack to see if someone else asked this question, but then you also have to be confident enough to go ask, right? So you have to do both. You have to know how to solve the problem yourself, but also be, if you don't ask, like I'm sure you've had people who you hire who like don't want to ask questions and then they fail because they're in a remote environment. And if you don't ask questions, you don't get answers. Totally. And I also think there's a, another component, which is the, the company is a community mm -hmm. and the rest of the team members have to have a commitment to answering those questions. Mm -hmm. And they have to remember that other people did it for them when they started or six months ago or a year ago or whatever. And so we're constantly reinforcing that because which if you don't nurture that, you end up with people who got the benefit of training and all these questions being answered, and then they're not giving back. And the culture suffers. And you're right, people do do churn and leave because they're not getting their questions answered. And that's stressful. Like I believe me, we were so busy in the early days that I remember being stressed out that I couldn't get my questions answered right before I kind of had had learned a lot of this stuff. So there's a commitment to each other, like a sisterhood, brotherhood. Um, and we call it communication and collaboration is one of our core values. And that is like one of the most important core values at Cruise, because if you are, if you're doing that, you're de-stressing everyone else and, and everyone knows there's going to be a moment in time where you, you need that help too. So yeah. it's better to give and then, and you'll receive later on. Yeah. You know, we've been talking about this ideal. What, what is your ideal remote accountant candidate? And let's talk not about the people with the lots of experience. Let's talk about the people with two to three years who are like, I've put in my time in the traditional firm and now I want to go somewhere else. Do you recruit those kind of people or do you, where do you recruit? Yeah, we would definitely, staff? we would definitely recruit people like that. We, we yeah. like people who um, have a passion for startups. So I would say to that person, find the industries that you like first. Like you might be really into wine. You might in, be into consumer products or doctor's offices or things like that, right? Maybe your parents were doctors and you understand the pain they went through with their back office. Then find firms that specialize in what, what um, you are passionate about and who also have that commitment to core values and making a good workplace. And that's where I would actually start and then uh, take yeah. those companies and then, you know, obviously, make sure it's a, it's a good fit and you want to work there and the personalities match and things like that. But that's, that's how I would do it for me. Working with the kind of industries you want to work with is super important. I've worked for stars my whole career. Vanessa likes startups, you know, and the people that work at cruise like startups. So that's, but, but do that. And then, then narrow down your search for either firms or companies that I'm kind of, I kind of think a firm is a good way to do it. I'm biased, but you, you kind of learn in dog years. And so in my, I started investment banking. I learned in dog years doing that. Then I joined a venture capital fund, learned dog years doing that. And that cruise, we have so many clients that you kind of just learn a lot, a lot faster, but there's probably a moment in time in your career where it makes sense to kick over and join like a corporate entity or something like that. Yeah. 
Oh, and what about the folks with more experience? You said you, you hire controllers, CFOs, ten years of experience. Yeah. Like what? How? How? What do you recommend to those people who are looking for a remote? Yeah, for job. those people, I think a lot of times they've kind of lived the not great lifestyle, not great work environment kind of thing. And so they're actually usually, they know what they're looking for. They're looking for a place that respects them, respects their work, gives them the, the tools and resources they need to do a good job and really cool clients, fun clients, like clients that appreciate them. And so you know, the skills again, like, like occasionally we'll have someone who needs to learn a new tool or something like that. And it's like, no, it's no problem. We'll teach you that. So they, they do like that too. Like they're kind of getting like this, almost like a master's degree in accounting systems and process. And, and we still have ways to go. We still need to improve and can continue to improve, but we were working on it pretty damn hard, but that's, that's what those people are really looking for. Just having, and also the other thing with crews is we have a lot of people who are have young families. We didn't mm -hmm. really talk about that, but like yeah. I have a young family. My yeah. daughter came in while recording this podcast and I handed her a bottle of milk. Like, like there's things you got to do when you've got young kids that maybe you don't worry about 10 years later. Right. And so having some flex, like I constantly see in our Slack channel, people saying like, I'm going to pick my kids up at school. Yeah. Got to take my kids to a doctor's office. Got, we're not micromanaging any of that stuff. And you know, those little kind of the freedom and trust are the kind of things you should be looking for because you, your family comes first at the end of the day. Yeah, I would ask that. It's my favorite thing, actually, other than the financial stuff, which I tend to focus on because I'm an accountant. It's I get to pick up my kid at school yeah. at three every day and I hang out with him and then he goes to bed and I work a couple more hours and I have that flexibility for myself and I want that for everyone. So I, I, yeah, it makes my favorite part of my day is driving my daughter to school because it's the one time where mommy's not around and I'm the cool kid and she wants to talk to me. And so like I get 20 minutes of talking to her and what's on her mind and that's kind of irreplaceable. Uh, One of our Yeah. You're never going to get that back. Yeah. 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 My, my wife took a little bit of time off uh, last year and the, one of the controllers had this great words of wisdom. Steve, he said, I would give, his kids are grown. He's like, I would give anything to spend a week with my daughter when she was four years old again. You know, like, and that's, that's like the kind of things that hit you. Yeah. And, uh, so that's what I would look for, you know, there's, and, and if you find a place that's not working for you, you, like we talked about at the beginning of the podcast, there are other opportunities out there. Well, check out cruise consulting, cruiseconsulting.com. Is that right? Cruise, K-R-U-Z-E consulting.com. And, uh, yeah, thank you. And by the way, just I'm one more quick congratulations to you. Thank you for doing Earmark. And I think the whole in industry is going to really benefit from this. It's just like smarter learning. It's like stuff you care about. Like this, this is amazing. That's the goal is, is connect people with what they need to learn and make it convenient. And people will do it. So um, thank you, Scott. And great talking to you. I've been talking with Scott Warren, COO at Cruise Consulting. Yeah, COO. Yeah, COO. And uh, if you want to get CPE, download Earmark CPE, get the CPE for that. Hope to talk to you again soon, Scott, and and good luck to you in the busy season and and all the growth. I I, I want to see Cruz, you know, on that leaderboard, the accounting leaderboard. We're growing responsibly. It may take yeah. a little longer, but we're growing responsibly and making yeah. sure we that the people that work at Cruz are you know are not getting that's, burned out and are doing it the right way. That's awesome. Well, that's what we need as a profession. So yeah. So good on you for doing that. All right. Talk all to right, you buddy. later. Thank you. Take care. Bye. Thanks for listening. 
I hope you enjoyed this episode and that you learned something new. And if you did, wouldn't it be nice to get some CPE credit for it? Well, I've got great news. My new app, Earmark CPE, offers free NASPA-approved CPE credits for listening to podcasts, including this one. Visit earmarkcpe.com to download the app, take a short quiz, and get your CPE certificate. That's earmarkcpe.com.